Hey, hey, Changemaker, welcome to Rethink Social Change Podcast, a show dedicated to helping social change practitioners improve the way they make change happen to achieve tangible and sustained impact. I'm your host, Ratiba Sharif. I've worked with some of the world's leading social change organizations for more than two decades on four continents to help them design better projects, learn from them, and measure their results. Using Rethink Social Change cards, I will challenge changemakers like yourself to share their experience on what worked, what didn't, and why in a very unique way. I will shuffle the deck of 54 Rethink Social Change cards and randomly draw four cards that will guide our conversation. So if you're ready for unscripted, jargon-free stories from the field, let's dive into today's episode. I invited the dynamic Tarak Lamushi. He's a trainer, an advisor, he teaches in a university and even writes books. He started his career working in microfinance in Tunisia before extending his expertise to NGOs and the private sector in areas of conflict management, peace building, economic justice, or social responsibility. The diversity of his professional experience gives him this holistic perspective on social change that I can't wait to tap into. In life, he's a dedicated dad and a storyteller who publishes, wait for it, horror and sci-fi books for adults, and more recently, fantasy stories for children and children at heart. I'm buckling up for this one. I know he'll challenge me as much as the cards will challenge him. Let's get him in. Hey, Tarak Lemushi, thanks for joining me. Thank you for inviting me, Ratiba. So cool. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. So, you know the uh, the rules of the game, right? I will shuffle the rethink cards. I will show you three cards and keep one bonus card for myself, which I will bring in to the conversation later on. So I know that you were just um, busy with, uh, I guess, trainings, uh, doing a training just before coming. How was that? How did that go? It was interesting, actually. It was a training on financial education for a group of uh, women who have... Uh, small businesses in, in Kibeli, in the south of Tunisia. So that was very interesting to see the dynamic of the economy in the region and the potential of those women. And let's say that, as you know, each training is a, an opportunity for the trainer himself from themselves to learn something new. Yeah, yeah. So what were their businesses in? I'm guessing it's something like artisanal or... Uh... A lot of artisanal or a lot of handicrafts. A lot of people uh, working on decoration, agriculture also. Yeah. Excellent. All right. I've got your cards here and I've got the bonus card here as well. It's interesting. Let's hear. All right. So you have change card. So we're talking individual change. All right. So here we're looking at knowledge, attitudes, skills, behaviors of individuals. Then you, <laughs> these two cards go together, but in people you've got donors. And in tools, you've got a tool card here. Uh, we have provide funding, which is a, a duplicative word. So these are our cards, I guess. We're going to talk about projects that bring about individual change, that aim for individual change, and the place of donors, how donors provide funding, the mechanisms for funding, the relevance of funding, I guess, etc. So very quick question, like first one, what are the ideas that jump to mind? 
Yeah, I'm talking uh, first of all about the uh, the individual change actually, and I think that let's say that the main objective of each project is to bring a kind of change for the individuals, for the people that we were we are working uh, with. It can be a knowledge, skill, or behavior, and in a perfect scenario, it will be the three of, of them actually. And uh, later, I talk about uh, how donors and or funds have to to focus on. Uh, uh, on that, on this micro change that will allow us actually to uh, to achieve the uh, the macro change. I worked actually on a project on uh, the informal sector, Ratiba, and uh, we had actually different profiles when we talk about individual, and we we needed to make change on different profiles of people. We have the people who are working on the private sector. We have the people uh, from the government, from the public institutions, the civil society, and the informal workers themselves. And let me tell you that uh, the most challenging part was working with uh, the, indiv- the informal workers themselves because uh, they had to learn, like uh, they have to have change on three levels, the knowledge, how to formalize their activities, what are the different procedures, the laws, uh, what do they have to do. Then they had to learn how to apply this knowledge. They have to learn also uh, advocacy skills, communication skills. And the most important part was the behavior. They changed the way of thinking of themselves and of their relation with mainly the public uh, institutions and the government because uh, they were thinking of themselves as... uh, People who uh, who need to stay in the informal sector, it's safer for them. They don't need the complication with the government. They consider the government, let's say, um, as an opponent in a certain way. They didn't see any reason actually to interact with the public institutions. And so it was very difficult to change this uh, mindset. And in order to achieve it, we, we had a lot of trainings with them mainly on communication, conflict management, a lot of training on the formalization process, but also we encourage them and we help them to create organization associations. So they have the power to negotiate with uh, the public institutions and with unions also. And that was the transformation I think that we needed to see. Some of them, some of those associations succeeded, like they have their own reputation now. They're working in different other projects with other donors. For others, it were more difficult. But by the end of the day, we focus on some people, some individual who, let's say, have the leadership of this process. And that was from the, um, the part of the, from the side of the informal workers. We have to do, let's say, similar work with public institutions. Because when we started talking about informal sector at the beginning, for them, it was like threat. It was uh, even for the public sector also. And we have to, let's say, the word that they used is to eliminate them. And it was important to work with them to come up to, uh, to change this attitude and how to integrate them on the uh, formal sector. It took, uh, actually, it took many years to achieve something. We worked on a law. We advocate uh, for this law. but. In all the process, all the steps of the process, we had some champions. The champions, people who believed on the thing, who who changed their attitude from the very beginning. 
and who continued working on this process. So it's important actually because like in after a few years, we started working on this by the end of 2012, I think. But in the next years, we saw a lot of other organizations and donors interested on the issue of the informal sector, but everyone tackled uh, in a different way and every uh, organization has their own stakeholders that they wanted uh, to work with. For example, the ILO worked on the issue, but mainly with the Ministry of Employment. The GIZ also worked uh, on it, but also with the public institutions. And as civil society, because when I worked on this, I was in the civil society sphere, we were the link between the public institutions, the informal workers, and also the, the Utica and Connect and ESEU who are representing the uh, private sector. So it was interesting to see this dynamic, but I think that in the very core of the project, we had to transform some individual to support and to help and to lead all the process to achieve the goals that we achieved. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. Three points and maybe questions came out of what you said. The first one is that let's stick with individual change because you said that two things. The first one is although we, we do aim for individual change, even for within institutions, there are people. So even the institutional work that you're doing also involves individual change at its core. And then you mentioned that the informal workers got into associations. So that uh, to to be to have more of a voice, to have more strength, to be able to advocate and engage uh, different institutions. Was that targeted? Like, was that one, was it part of the theory of change? So we'll, we'll change their perspectives, we'll train them so they gain, gain knowledge on how to be formal, how to formalize what they offer, their uh, skills. And then they'll form associations so to, to organize better, etc. Or did it come organically? Yeah. At the beginning, actually, we didn't think about uh, uh, creating associations. The first part of the project, our main focus was to understand the informality in Tunisia. What are the reasons? Uh, what are the root causes? And uh, what are the different, let's say, solutions that can be provided and followed. And during this process, actually, it was a multi-stakeholder process, some of the ideas uh, that came, one of them was to to bring this, um, those informal workers together, uh, to have the same voice, to advocate for their rights. So, uh, so it was something that came actually organically during the process. The first idea was to come up with solutions. But when we found the solution that we can work on, we started actually working on them. And uh, the donor at that time, uh, they decided to uh, to have an extension with us. So they renewed the project in order to um, to continue the work on the creation of those associations to uh, reinforce them and also to work with the public institutions and the private sector and other stakeholders on developing this uh, auto-entrepreneur law that will allow the informal uh, workers to uh, move from the informal sector to the formality. Uh, formal sector. Okay. And uh, it's it's interesting because you talked about law, etc. I'm guessing that the champions helped you both work with the informal sector, but also you had champions within institutions, right? More established institutions, be they public or private. Can you tell me a little bit about these champions? Were they, were they with the cause from the start or did they gain themselves as they engaged in the process, change their perception and, uh, and their engagement uh, subsequently? 
Yeah. So uh, let's say that when we started this mapping from the beginning of, of the stakeholders, we had like five types of stakeholders. And usually in every issue, you will find those five types. We have the active uh, allies, the passive allies, the neutrals, the uh, passive opponent and the active opponent. So we have allies who are like already working on the issue, very interested, even before before we came to, to work on it. And there, we had the passive allies, people who are, uh, let's say that they want actually to support the issue, the, the cause, but if anyone c- came to talk to, uh, come and talk to them, they will not do anything. And we have also the neutral and from the other side, opponent, opponent, usually people who uh, have their interests on keeping this, uh, this status quo. So, uh, we tried to find who are the potential allies and also the allies who have, let's say, a kind of influence on the process. And when, that's why when we, talk, we started working, for example, with public institutions, ministry, uh, we didn't actually work the, uh, on uh, convincing the ministers themselves, but we worked on the management level because the ministry can change like uh, in a few months. They don't know if they will stay there, but the managers from the, of the different departments, they, they, they are there. And we had a lot of discussions with people to identify who are the most interested ones in the Ministry of Finance, employment, in other institutions, in other also uh, civil society organizations, and in the private sector. Uh, let's say that from the beginning, a lot of people were against the idea of working with the informal sector because they have this misunderstanding. Usually people, uh, they, uh, they have this confusion between informal sector and illegal sector. So when we talk about informality, people think about uh, smuggling, about border smuggling. But we talk about micro-entrepreneurs who worked at their homes, who didn't have uh, official registration. It's completely different thing. And we had to work with people to understand this. And after understanding this, we had to give them the responsibility because it's their responsibility as uh, as government and as public institution to think about the solutions and the, uh, what every institution can provide to support the process. So we we saw this this uh, transformation of or this change in the mindset of um, the people that we worked uh, with, and like even after the project. They continued working on it. They advocated for this uh, law and they invested a lot on this uh, uh, this issue. Mm. And just a question about the champions. When you did your stakeholder analysis, did uh, th- so the allies, if, whether they're you know uh, vocal or not, or passive or, or active allies, that's a, that's a given. That's a quick win. What about the opponents? Did you try to gain some opponents? Because sometimes opponents actually do have leverage and they can bring people to a cause or on the contrary, remain obstacles to uh, advancing a a project. So how did you engage or did you engage any opponents and in what way did you do that? Yeah, actually, uh, for example, it was one of um, the opponent. They were opponent not because they have interests, but because they didn't understand very well the issue was, for example, the, uh, the the finance people. For them, giving, uh, for example, incentives for formal, uh, informal uh, uh, people, informal workers to, to come uh, to, uh, to formalize, it's not very fair because the people who are already on the formal uh, sector, they don't have those incentives. 
yeah, who will collect the money from them. So their opposition were uh, mainly about the process uh, and the understanding of the issue. And it took actually a, lo- a lot of time to um, to come up with them uh, uh, for a common ground. And even now, there are things that have to be improved in this uh, in this situation. Also, we met with people who were working on the informal sector, and they take advantage from it. They gain enough money from it. With these people, it was very difficult. And what we what we did actually, it's for example in the region uh, uh, like Bingerden, who, uh, who is a border region with um, yes with uh, with Libya. So we give them actually the responsibility to create the organization, the association. We select from them the ones who have uh, who have the willing, and we saw from the meeting that we have with them that they want actually to change things. But in all cases, let's say that in in our work with opponents, not all of them change their minds. And if they changed, we had to, uh, there was a kind of compromise. We had to uh, sacrifice something in order to uh, to bring them, especially because they have the power and the influence. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's super interesting. It's just fascinating how uh, the relationship building and how you navigate, you know, this kind of, uh, you give and take and 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 bring to you and uh, the relationship building rapport building is just fascinating and crucial in these uh, in this kind of work regardless of what it is that you do yes and let me say, uh, tell you because we, we talk about also the donors and the uh, providing funding yes the challenge with project is that usually we have like a specific period of time like i don't know two or three years uh, projects and usually for example for for an issue like the informal sector we worked like for eight years so it was important to engage the donor that they will accept to give other uh, uh, other funds for uh, for this to convince them that we need more time and that not just in one or two years or three years we will uh, achieve uh, our objective we need more time so it was interesting that we have this flexibility with uh, the state department actually uh, was the uh, the donor and i think that's something that donors have to learn like they have to think out of this specific periods from projects and they have to think about like more than three, four, five years, what we can achieve in a long period. And then we split it in different, uh, uh, in different projects, maybe five years and then another five years. But they have, Yani, because you know that uh, we have always uh, this stress of achieving uh, goals, of having results, even if you don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, since you're talking about results, it's a process, right? As you've mentioned, it's a lengthy process. Sometimes you have to, you know, you do one step forward, uh, two step backwards, one to the side, depending on, on how engaged and the, the, the social context and political context and the economic context of the country, right? At the same time, because that works in parallel to your project. How do you actually show because you haven't achieved the result, but you're making progress towards the results. How do you engage donors in that conversation? How did you do it, for instance, in this project? Yeah, actually, let me explain that we have a local organization at this time and another uh, international one. And we had also to show successes through our reports, success story of the informal workers, things that we achieved, and also every time recommendation of what can be done 
so we had we, we had to keep this continuous communication through the international uh, NGO with the donor and to show that we are moving forward. We didn't achieve the results that we had from the beginning, but we are moving forward to it. And then we had the acceptance to renew the project. But by the end, they changed a little bit the strategy because at some point, the idea was to to become more, um, okay, we help you, we support you all this time. Now it's up to you and the st- structures and the institutions that you work with to continue the uh, uh, the effort. Yeah. And so did you, in the project documents, in the log frame, in your indicator list, did you have, because I'm assuming for this kind of project is number of informal sector businesses or whatever uh, that have formalized. Okay. So that's it. Or number of laws, the laws that have been passed. Da, 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 da. So those are very tangible. And those are the, the kind of the North Star, right? This is what you see. This is what you aim for. But the reality is you have to change perceptions, attitudes. We know you have to have the, um, you know, work towards uh, intent, behavior change intent, right? I want to legalize or formalize my work. Sorry, formalize, not legalize. So, uh, and that takes time and you can go backwards, right? You can make progress, so much progress. Uh, sometimes say the informal, um, the, the worker would uh, say, okay, let me go through this process. I understand that I need to uh, formalize this. And they are confronted to an administrative block. And then they were like, back down. And they were like, no, you didn't, you know, what you told us wasn't true. Da, 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 da. So how do you balance that throughout the process? Yeah, actually, it was it was a little bit tricky because, as you said, we trained them on the process. We told them, we, we, we tell them everything that they need to know, the different steps. But exactly, it's exactly what you said. When they go and start the process, they discover another reality. So we have to work on, on different levels. We have to work with informal workers to give them the information, but also we try to find the allies inside the public institutions. We started actually to work even on the local level because the main difficulties are on the local level with, with the local purists. So we had to find uh, allies there with uh, the local authorities and uh, also the administration there. Uh, we worked with the, the, uh, the Ministry of Employment. We trained a lot of people from their offices, the employment offices in the region to support them. But we know that in all cases, they will face some difficulties. That's why we, we, um, we worked on the law. It was a little tricky to which one should be achieved before the others. Should we give them the information and then wait for the law uh, to be changed? Or should we wait for the law and then give them information? But we know that changing laws or uh, passing laws, it takes time. It take, it, and actually, it took years to go actually to the parliament and we couldn't wait. So we had to give them the information. We have to start. Uh, we have to uh, to give to, um, let's say, uh, they had to leave these difficulties and the challenges. And this actually uh, uh, brings me back to the individual because at the end of the day, it's their own responsibility, their own willingness to change things. Because even if the process was e- the, the easiest one, each individual will do it on his uh, on their own. So it was important to uh, to give them the knowledge, the skills to work on the law and the procedures. And then 
to bring this together. But at some point, a lot of them, like, uh, they, they felt this frustration because they started and the, they had this block. But it was part, uh, actually, of the process. And we learned from it uh, many things that we used, actually, during the following trainings and session with other groups. Yeah, super. Excellent. I, I really like the iterative, the iterative approach. And... Um... As you were talking, I was actually seeing a results framework move, right? You do this activity, but actually the, uh, the outcome of it is actually further, that much further down the line. I was seeing the boxes move in my mind's eye. And, um, it made me think about a, f- a few things came up to me. It's uh, assumptions. What are our assumptions when you start? Your assumption is that everyone is interested in the formalization of informal worker. Everyone wants to help out or streamline a process, for example, or simplify a process. So there's like a lot of assumptions that we start with. And so it brings me to the card that I, the bonus card, and it's something that you may know or not. You know, I worked in peace building for a while. So it's what I call needs, interests, and positions. You have, you have the, those stakeholder groups that you have, right? You have the informal workers themselves. Then you have the different NGOs. Then you have the public institutions, private institutions, and donor. That's just to, to name a few. I'm sure there are a lot more. Uh, you mentioned ESL, all the private sector associations and groups. So were the needs, because you talked about some of the interests a little bit, the needs you may understand, you know, the need of, I'm thinking out loud, that the public sector could be to have more uh, tax income. For example, if you formalize income, the government will have more. There's also a lot of, uh, you protect the workers as well when they're in the legal system. They have like an insurance, they have a social security, all those social safety nets, right? What was the interest of the donor? Okay. Let me start with actually the uh, uh, the needs, the interest, and the position because it's like you were there with us, and this is like the ground that we were trying to understand because people, the stakeholders, had different positions from the very beginning. Like every stakeholder see the other, especially the informal workers and the the uh, the public sector, they were opponent, and it. If we kept negotiating on their position, I think that we couldn't uh, do anything. So it was very important for us to bring them to their interests, to negotiate about interests. And then, and in order to, to negotiate the interests, we had to understand the needs of everyone. So we have to, uh, to work with uh, informal workers themselves to understand their needs, their interests, and then the private sector, and then the public sector, and then the NGOs. And even on the, uh, the public sector, different or, uh, ministries and each ministry has their, their own needs and, uh, and interests in order to find something in common between all of them. For the donor, actually, I think it was the, um, because they worked on the, info, on the uh, informality in other countries, uh, they succeeded on it. And for them, it was an opportunity to work on the uh, formalization in Tunisia, especially after the revolution and after the numbers of informal workers uh, uh, increased. And it, it was actually linked to the, uh, the, the, this, let's say, not the security, but the la, la paix sociale, the social peace. Social peace, yeah, social cohesion. Yeah, the social peace in the region. 
in, in Tunisia and in the region in general, because Tunisia was in the middle of different uh, countries and they, they were in borders with Libya. And at that, uh, that point, Libya had their, uh, uh, their challenges. So it was linked to this social peace and the, uh, the, the tackling the informality that can, um, let's say, be a challenge for uh, implementing and sustaining democracies in countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and and I'm sure this was one one of projects, and then there are like other projects, more like institutional or policy level, uh, etc. In terms, yeah, that uh, that were already funded. Uh, we're coming to thirty minutes. on. I know you see how time flies. This uh, very interesting. A lot of things came out of our conversation. A few that I noted. Uh, and, and maybe some, some lessons learned that people can, can use is that, uh, m- most of these process, th- these uh, projects are actually processes and they're processes that take time. Uh, understanding the stakeholders, uh, understanding the nuances between stakeholders is important. Um, the way that you kept the donor ab- ab- abreast of how you were moving ahead, even though you hadn't achieved the project, the, uh, the goals of the project or the outcomes. And actually, you did mention this moving away from a projectization of change. So that it's not like a two year or three year stint. It's actually a, a much longer process. Um, engaging, especially in these areas where you have to change perceptions and attitudes so that you can bring about behavioral change and that individuals, you know, it's the lowest level and even within groups. So when you do a stakeholder map, you, you tend to group uh, people, but within that, that group is not a monolith. Every single individual, be they institutional, private sector, they all have their own. Uh, so that was really interesting. And it's, 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 it's really good to take the time to, to think about that and to unpack that a little bit. And then you also said that if you want to find common ground, then given the diversity of actors, uh, if you want to find common ground, you have to move away from the positions even of the opponents, move away from position and kind of move everyone within um, towards their needs. What do you actually need and build on the needs rather than what they they say they they do or what they do and what they say they want to do. So anyway, so it was a, a very, very interesting uh, discussion. Thank you so much for your insights and your time, Pat. Thank you, Ratiba. I look forward to uh, another conversation with you. They're always very uh, insightful. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure. Ciao. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Rethink Social Change Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable insights from today's show. Would love if you take a minute to leave us a review. And if you work on social change and are up for the challenge, reach out. And before you go, be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when we release a new episode. Till then, be the change.